Brandon Nades was just looking for a school project at University of Central Florida. Instead, he ended up with a simulation business in VR. We talked to him a little bit about what it's like starting up a business in Central Florida. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to Starting Up Florida. This is Marco Santana. Uh, I am a journalist, um, but I'm also a person very interested in startups and have been covering them for about going on 10 years and and uh, I've been you know seeing some companies here in Orlando that are just starting up trying to figure out kind of what drives them and what what they um what they uh you know are all about. I'm here today with uh, Brandon Nates. He is the founder, co-founder, founder is all you, right? Co-founder. Co-founder. Okay. Uh for Talent Simulations, um they are a a company you guys are interesting, right? Because I've, I've been uh, seeing you guys for about three or four years when you first started. Um, talk to me a little bit about Talon. Talon started as a school project at University of Central Florida. We're a group of mechanical engineering students. We got inspired by the new wave of virtual reality. We saw the Oculus Rift hit Kickstarter, and we were at the same time about to start our senior project in mechanical engineering. So we used that project as an excuse to buy an Oculus Rift on Kickstarter, and we... You get subsidized, up, right? You yeah, we student, right? Exactly. <laughs> and we went out to create a flight simulator. Mm -hmm. So instead of taking, like, one of the university-sponsored projects or, like, one of the Siemens or Lockheed projects, we came up with our own, got some funding for it, and built a prototype flight mm -hmm. simulator using the Oculus Rift headset. And it was a rinky-dick... Proof of concept built in a right. garage, and we've used parts from a junkyard and everything. <laughs> and surprisingly, at the demo day, we got a lot of great feedback. And a demo day is a tell it was us about the it. showcase of the senior projects. Okay. So after the two semesters, everyone demonstrated, and they invite basically like the whole campus as well as industry professionals. So we had people with Universal and Universal mm -hmm. Creative coming by that saw our Better for the Central Florida a little bit, right? Exactly. <laughs> so even, I mean, Lockheed and Boeing, right. people were coming by. And so both of those industries had veterans that saw our junk, piece of junk <laughs> that saw something that was there and right. utilizing these new headsets. When and you when you saw that, when you, I mean, you are, uh, you know, as you said, kind of putting scrap metal together just to, just to see something, right? And then when these people who are in these big industries kind of reacted positively, I mean, when, when you saw that, what was that? Uh, what, was, what was it like, first of all, but from a, more from an a, a entrepreneurial side of things, did you ever even think about entrepreneurialism when, when you were going through this? No, we had no intentions of creating a business. I think what helped spawn it, though, was the the uh, how the project was put together we mm -hmm. had to come up with a fake company name and we went was telling your fake company or no, no okay. so it was actually cybersim <laughs> cybersim uh, okay very original <laughs> and the the project name we called the ifs eagle which stands for the immersive flight simulator okay and it was an eagle and <clears throat> so that was where our original the concept stemmed right. from uh because yeah, it was just, it was a cool symbol. And right. We had to create a logo and Were everything. Were you into so. flight simulators at the time? Or was that something you liked to do? or, or, or just so really? I was into simulators. Okay. At the time, I was interning at Universal. Okay. So I was working on all their rides, and I was very familiar with motion platforms. Right. And I actually, this whole idea was a friend of ours, uh, Ricky, who 
was the big gamer, really into flight sims mm -hmm. and fighter jets, and he, he brought this whole team together. And I actually pitched to him why I should be on the project team Right. And with my experience what at was Universal. Your pitch? I actually saw the email not that long ago. I found it, and it was like, hey, I'm really excited about what you're doing. I've had experience with virtual reality and with simulators, mm -hmm. and I think I'd be a great asset to the project team. And he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on in. Let's Did see you know him talking. before that? No, so I didn't know Ricky. Okay. Um, but a couple of other guys on the project knew each other throughout college and everything. We all became great friends. It was a great couple semesters working together. And really, it was just the feedback we got at the senior showcase mm -hmm. of the feedback that we got and of what we put together and the potential. One thing that I'm, I'm interested in is, is you talk about a flight simulator, um, but now you're doing simulations for other kinds of markets, roller coasters or something. You guys are also working on like simulated roller coasters, um, that which is big now. SeaWorld, has, like, we have the big ones here in town or have their own kind of VR roller coasters. Mm -hmm. um, when you do have an idea like, like a flight simulator and then you see it could be applicable to something else, um, is there a moment of trepidation when you're like, can we do this? Or is it like, screw it, let's do this? Yeah, right now with where the technology is, yeah. we really can, we're only held back by our imagination mm -hmm. because with the way the software development tools are, you can almost create anything in virtual reality. And some things will apply better than others, but... It, if a customer comes to us with a specific request, it's there's not a lot of barriers. You to don't that. say no, do you? like no matter what they request, you you find no. a way to do it. I imagine. Yeah. Well, now we're learning to say no. Right. But, okay. But we've done so many different projects up to this date. So custom, we have off the shelf projects mm -hmm. that we can offer. But then we've worked with marketing companies to offer experiences like for Toyota and mm -hmm. for Ford. Okay. Uh, we work with NASA. So there's just so many different applications. Primarily, the market's gearing towards entertainment, mm -hmm. but we saw that just through some of the other uh, startup processes that we went through mm -hmm. and we're geared to that, to that market, but then there's also the training industry where we started, and uh, VR is definitely being taken off there as well. We're, we're looking at, um, now we're here in Central Florida, of course, and, and, and in our backyard is the second largest college in the country, UCF, uh, by, by enrollment. Um, you know, you and that's where you started this, right? That's what you said it was a senior kind of capstone type type project. Um, you know, what for you, uh, not necessarily UCF specifically, but for other people out there, what kind of help do you get from uh, being able to, you know, start your business as a student with the resources that they had there? Um, how helpful has that been? And 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 and, you know, how would you recommend people get involved with that kind of program? Yeah, we definitely attribute a lot of our success to UCF and the resources. We started, once we got the feedback from a lot of the people at the showcase, we actually got invited to also bring the simulator to uh, the Dean's Advisory Board dinner. <laughs> so we're one of three projects that brought it there, and then we, we actually met our mentor who's still our mentor today he was a retired general that was active still in the training industry and he's the one that really pushed us from there so he opened up his his contacts to us and we graduated in may of 2014 and that summer is when we really saw the potential so we got accepted into ucf's first uh, innovation core program mm -hmm which was sponsored by the National Science Foundation. 
Matt paired us with other successful entrepreneurs and investors in testing our business model. Then there's the Blackstone Launchpad at UCF. So we remember the first day we walked in there because uh, everyone was advising us to go in there and we were just a group of engineers that had no business right, background. Right. And they set us up with in one of the coaches there, Ron, and he was extremely helpful. He held us like accountable for mm -hmm. going out and doing customer research and seeing if there's a market for what we're doing. And we actually just had lunch with him the other day, mm -hmm. so he's he's really proud of where we got to. When, when you talk about the, the business side of it and, and learning that side of it, you like you said, you are engineers. You guys are the smart people who kind of know how to make things work, right? Um, you know, but, uh, you know, once you're an entrepreneur, the market doesn't wait for you, right, to learn. I mean, the market's not like, okay, we'll give Brandon about a year to learn how to do this, right, before we, we start, um, you know, criticizing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's that been like for you to kind of learn that business side on the fly? I imagine you've had to learn that quickly. Um, what's that been like? It's actually been really rewarding. It mm -hmm. was a new passion of mine that I found. Mm -hmm. So I actually found more so that I am more of the sales guy, people person side of the business than really a hardcore engineer. Mm -hmm. So this is probably the best. Do you guys thing sit around like draw straws and say who's going to have a deal with the public and that kind of thing? <laughs> well, funny enough, uh, me and Jordan, who ended up being the main two co-founders, mm. he is a lot more technical and enjoys the hard engineering work. When I find it more enjoyable to go out and and communicate right. with the customers and work out the deals and handle all of the, the operations. So we complement each other really well. And now you've, you've taken up here, and we, people can't see this, but we were basically in a storage room right now, just trying to find a place that was quiet. Um, but you, you took up a little office here uh, in a manufacturing uh, building. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about trying to find that right place. I, I, I imagine as a startup or an early, early stage company, uh, you're trying to find somewhere that's affordable, right? And somewhere that, but, but you guys seem to have gotten lucky that you actually found a place with and you're surrounded by people who are doing similar work. How did you connect with these guys? Yeah, this was another thing that uh, through the power of networking, yeah. we were lucky to um, to end up at because I was in college interested in getting involved with the amusement industry and through my involvement there, I would go to some networking events and mm. one of them was at this roller coaster designing firm. Mm. And that's where I met who are now the founders of Skyline Attractions. And when they started the company, they knew I was still in school in Orlando, and they were looking for some interns to help start their company. Mm -hmm. And so I actually helped them exhibit their first prototypes at the amusement trade show here in town. Mm -hmm. And it probably, was probably IAPA, I think, right? Yeah, so that was IAPA yeah. 2014, I think. For those out there, that's like the biggest show in the world for, for amusing park and technology surrounded yeah. it, yeah. One massive theme park. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah a it's whole crazy. Week it's pretty town. crazy. And when they started the company and they opened up this place and we talked a little bit about how our project was going, at that time it wasn't, we haven't, didn't officially start the business, mm -hmm. we were still testing it, but we had a second prototype at that point. So they said they had some extra space here that they were looking to turn into an amusement incubator program. So the, the intention was to help startups like mm -hmm. us get, make it and have more access to getting into the industry because it is a hard industry to break right, into. Right. And you have a lot of established established powers in that in that industry. It's a very long, well, it's a long standing industry. So I mean, I, I bet it's tough to get in there. Yeah, and the the customers really want to see some reputation and mm -hmm. traction and and that you have 
being able to release products that can make them money. Yeah. Uh, and so that's one thing, but also trying to break into virtual reality, which right. has failed so many times in the past, and there's a lot of hesitation, but that's really, over the last couple of years, we've been seeing that market grow a lot in the industry. And well, I want to get into virtual reality a little bit, but before, before we move on, you mentioned some of the things that I, I like. Uh, I think is I would like you to chat a little bit more about, um, and that is, uh, you know, this is a very old industry, right? The theme park industry. How do you get to a point as a new player, as a startup? Um, you know, you're not making trillions of dollars yet, right? <laughs> but but how do you how do you kind of wedge yourself into something like that? Um, uh, not that you're where you want to be yet, but but when you talk when you think about kind of the inroads that you're making, how have you been able to kind of get that started? It was really a, finding the the advisory crew. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. just people that were really interested in what to we were doing. To leverage other people's type thing. Yeah, yeah we just yeah. try to leverage as many resources in town as possible. Mm -hmm. And the Blackstone Launchpad was one key thing, but then UCF's College of Business offers some business competitions mm -hmm. that the the launch pad helped us prep for it. Right. And we ended up winning two of them, which gave us some initial seed funding right. to actually validate what we were doing. And um, we it allowed us to fund a trip to go sign a licensing agreement with a company to launch our product. And that, that's like, it. So the, you, like when you won the competition, that gave you the money you needed just to travel to go and sign a potential or a client, right, or whatever, whatever that agreement was. That that's an, I mean, and that's that's I guess the startup mm -hmm. mentality, right? You just need what pay, uh, what is it, um, kind of make earn money so you can keep your lights on type of thing, right? Yeah, and we were college graduates without right. with no jobs and bunch of debt, so <laughs> any sort of thing helped, and just in general, it helped validate that we we're on the right path right. and gave us the confidence to go and dive into this more. And so the, the money along with the services that were offered, I mean, we also were provided legal services, mm -hmm. accounting services, and uh, marketing services as a part of the, the package. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we, at the we launch did pack. everything. At the launch page. Yeah, yeah, so that was also through UCF. I mean, they said it was like 75000 worth of services right, and right. 10000 in cash. So it, it was... It was really helpful. That was when you won the the competition, right? Right. That's okay. That's that's that, that's interesting. I mean, when when you do um, uh, talk about legal services, talk about all these things that people don't really think about. I shouldn't say that. I don't mm -hmm. even think about myself. Like when I see a startup, when I read or talk to a startup, um, you know, it's about the product, it's about the people, it's about you know figuring out uh, kind of how to get to market and that kind of thing. But there's that there's a backbone too, right? That you have to figure out. Talk about how it was to navigate. Do that the first time. Do you remember the first time you heard that you needed something called a business plan? I mean, what, what was what was that like? Yeah, it was probably pretty early on. I go back to Ron, who was coaching us uh -huh. at the launch pad, and he never sugarcoated anything. Mm -hmm. So I think at the very beginning, he laid it out of like, this is what you're going to get involved with, and a lot of what you'll need to be doing. And at the time, we really couldn't, but yeah, we definitely couldn't afford any legal services right. or anything like that. But we were able to utilize some of the the, uh, the people that they had come to Launchpad. So we mm -hmm. sat in a lot of seminars there and met with people and got some, some free con consultations after their presentations and things right. like that, which was nice. And seminars sound very boring, but, <laughs> but but when you were trying to build your company, for you it was it was pretty it was interesting, or did you 
kind of forge stuff to the boredom. I mean, I definitely forced myself to go right. to these things. Right. I just felt like I was being productive being there. But right. I would pick the ones that seemed like they'd be helpful. I mean, we, at the time, we were determining if we needed to go get a patent mm-hmm. and how we would go about doing that. So we went and spoke with a couple uh, patent attorneys and eventually we just figured out our path that made sense for us and yeah the best thing for us was winning the joust competition mm-hmm. and at that point we uh we joust is no ucf program that yes yeah, yeah. so that was one of the college of business competitions mm-hmm. and we got introduced to uh, a law firm in town who basically sponsored it right. and gave um some in-kind services to the winners and we still work with them till this day. Yeah. And those the first year that we worked with them was basically free, and they helped us with a partnership agreement, hmm. like an operating agreement, and then licensing agreement, sales contracts, like everything right. that we needed to to get off the ground. Which it's a lot of stuff you can get for free or for cheap on LegalZoom, but it, right. it nothing beats actually getting it customized to. And your like, local face to face type type exactly. type type stuff. That's great. Uh, when you um, you have, have there been moments when you've wondered whether you want to keep going or not? Yeah, it definitely gets hard and stressful, but yeah. fortunately we're involved in an industry that I've always been passionate True, about. Yeah, like I would go online and look at uh, reviews of the IAPA trade show every year. Right. And then I finally got to go, and then one year we're exhibiting, and now this will be our fourth year exhibiting there. Right, so right. I honestly, I mean, it's been the dream for sure. And I've gotten to work with and talk with some of like my idols in the industry. We've been involved in helping design roller coasters, helping sell roller coasters right. through the use of our products, and it's been amazing. So Is that pretty surreal? I mean, having been interested in, in this for so long? Yeah, it's been completely surreal. Like yeah. It's just every day... We, we feel like the luckiest guys being right. able to, to do this. and It's just the beginning of the whole industry. So, um, I mean, we just, we're starting off this year launching a project at Dave & Buster's. Mm-hmm. And so that's really going to spark a lot of interest into this market and virtual reality in general. So When, when you're, excited. okay, you know, step outside of the, the CEO for a second, right, or the co-founder for a second. Um, and just, when you think about, um, you know, some of the businesses you've been able to, to talk to, I mean, you mentioned, uh, some of the car companies, you mentioned Dave and Buster's, which is, I mean, you know, we would go, you'd go to when you were a kid or, right. And, and then now you actually like, that's a client, you know, I'm, uh, I'm using air quotes for those podcast <laughs> listeners, but, um, you know, now that's like, what, you know, g- give me a sense of just. You know, work hat off, but just Brandon. Like, like, what's that like for you? Um, you know, to know that. I mean, these are serious contracts. These are serious deals. These are serious things that you hope help your company grow. Um, but at the same time, uh, is there a sense of just all type of thing where like these are names that you've heard for so long, and now you're kind of uh, elbow to elbow with them? Yeah, it really is surreal. I mean, we are just very grateful for where we are mm-hmm. this has been a group effort you know not just with me and jordan who started the company but the support from the guys that were in our project at the very beginning that just weren't fortunate enough to really go and risk it all right. with us and uh, went and took on jobs mm-hmm. and as well as the orlando community so we were very active in the orlando tech association right. and pitching at some of their events 
Uh, we were in the Venture Scale-Up Accelerator at one of the um, uh, co-working spaces downtown. Yeah. So that was very helpful. That was yes. Catalyst. Yeah, Catalyst. So <clears throat> it was pretty amazing, all of the resources we got from that. And it's just the community here, mm -hmm. the resources in town, uh, as well as from UCF, really culminated together. So we're really grateful for all that. And... We wouldn't be here without being right, in Orlando, right, right. the well, hub. What's uh, what's a pitch like? What what's it like to get ready for a pitch? Like, do you remember your first pitch and kind of? Uh, I imagine it was terrible uh, compared to what you have now. Um, but uh, do you remember like the preparation for your first pitch? Were you nervous getting it going into like what was that like? So really, the first, I don't know if it was necessarily a pitch, but it was when we were out doing customer discovery, mm -hmm. where we had this prototype simulator and we wanted to go see if there was a market for it mm -hmm. and that was at the launch pad they were helping us put together the business model canvas and go do interviews not to sell a product but to mold the product around what the market mm -hmm. wanted good feedback type of thing. Yeah, and yeah so at that point in time we were pitching to flight schools right and there's a ton of them in town so i remember going to one at the Orlando Executive Airport, and I sat in my car probably for like an hour before <laughs> I had the courage to go inside and just practicing everything. And it ended up being just, it was really cool. The guys there were very helpful. And, right. Uh, we were basically saying, we we're honest, like we're working on a school project, want to see if there's any value to you guys. And they only got easier from there. Right. And I think doing all of that for, it was probably about a year, mm -hmm. and we talked to flight schools, and we quickly pivoted to entertainment centers, and uh, found that they saw more value in the <laughs> hardware that we were putting together than the flight schools, and then, yeah, at that point, once we started getting ready to sell, it was almost, we actually, our first customer was a one of the companies that we interviewed to help right. mold our business model huh. around. And they saw that we launched a product, and they bought four of our simulators right away. What was that like, your first sale? It was incredible. Like, the guys there, they were, were like, really... like, oh, shit, this is actually going to work? <laughs> yeah, we had no idea, because right. it was within the first month, and we just quit our jobs, because we got to the point where, well, now we should be able to get some revenue. Right. And we were just extremely ecstatic. And, of course, it was the hardest thing they wanted... Four of them ready for a trade show that was in like <laughs> five weeks, and um, we delivered them on their schedule. Right, you yeah, got to go on their schedule. schedule. I mean, you have to go on their schedule, right? Once you once you have paying clients, it's like yeah. So it was a good way to start our right. our sales process there, and a great learning experience. And then it just went from there, and I still get really nervous pitching and mm -hmm. everything. I mean. You don't, but you don't sit in your car like, for an hour anymore, do you? No, I definitely don't. <laughs> I'll pace around my house for an right, hour. Right, right, <laughs> But, yeah, at this point, you just learn to suck it up and be confident. And, right. Um, we've definitely some. We've had recent pitches. Mm -hmm. um, the And the last year when we had a group pitch to Dave & Buster's, they came here. So that was a lot of practice and okay. rehearsal. When, when you, um, you, know, you mentioned a word that I'm hearing a lot in these interviews, which is pivot. Um, which I think is one of, to me is one of the. Um, uh, I'm a simple person. That I'm I'm fascinated by that because I think it's amazing to me. Um, uh, you know, when when you have an idea, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs, and let me tell you, it's probably the ones who are unsuccessful. A lot of entrepreneurs who are married to their idea, right? Who are just absolutely uh, not budging from what they 
quote unquote no is going to work, right? Those are the ones that I don't hear from like a year later, right? Um, talk, you know, how important is it to kind of read the market, um, listen to the market, and more importantly, um, obey the market, if you will. You know, what I mean, how important is that? I mean, you guys pivoted, right? You had to pivot because otherwise, you may not have the sales you have now. Um, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, if we had stuck with our original idea, we would have been long gone <laughs> years ago. And I think it was it comes back to having those coaches and finding you right. accountable. That was a big thing. So the pivot, the big pivot happened when we were in the, the I-Corps program. So it was 10 weeks. We had two mentors with us, and then there was eight total teams. Mm -hmm. And then we every week we would go present our findings to all of the mentors. And so it was just a big group of local successful business owners mm -hmm. and investors like um, from local investment funds in town. So we would come in every every week to present and if we didn't have something valuable like it would hold us hold us accountable mm -hmm. and it would feel bad to work harder the following week. Like right. We were supposed to do a hundred interviews total um, as well so they had metrics that we were supposed to meet and it was from one conference that I went to that eventually I was like, I think entertainment is really going to be where this heads to, uh, head towards mm -hmm. opposed to the flight training. And even to this day, we have not really seen it, many VR setups in flight schools. Right, right. But they're all over malls and arcades and so had you not pivoted and you just had you stuck with flight schools, you'd have been screwed, basically. Yeah. So making that move early on was extremely valuable. Uh, not saying we haven't worked with like military contractors mm -hmm. and, and training, but the we've learned who the early adopters are of this technology, and we will explore those other market verticals yeah. in the future. Yeah. But, yeah, if we didn't stop when we did, it could have definitely been death to the company let's talk a little bit and and uh, i appreciate the time today but let's talk a little bit uh just about your interest in virtual reality um you know where did that come from where did your interest come from i mean when you were a kid because you were, you're younger you're younger than i am when i was a kid this this shit wasn't around but <laughs> but uh when you were growing up was that something that you were kind of interested in all the time or did this, did this happen after college yeah, so I wasn't a huge gamer growing up yeah. like my business partner is. So that's he. It was just a great fit for what he's his interests and passions mm -hmm, have been. Mm -hmm. I always was interested in roller coasters and amusement right. parks, but really, what grew my interest? Like I had tried some of those old arcade games that were VR and everything, right. but it wasn't something that clicked. But then when I was interning at Universal, they had us do a volunteer project for the Science Center. And I had developed a virtual reality headset for one of their new attractions that they right. had, a big hamster ball. Uh, it's called the Virtue Sphere. And so it was a big hamster ball. They wa walked in with a VR headset. And At the Science could, Center? Yeah. Wait, so and then you had your, like, a weapon with you? Yeah, exactly. I saw that thing. That thing was, like, that thing was huge. So you, you, you worked on that thing? Yeah, so we were the ones that put together the VR headset for them. And it was like... A really crappy display on a uh, hockey helmet right. and had a whole battery pack and receiver attached to it and it, it worked and it was there for at least a year before this the whole thing the whole project um, moved on but I had that interest level and it was actually not even a year later that the Oculus Rift hit Kickstarter mm -hmm. so as soon as I saw that and I saw the quality of that compared to what was on the market for VR 
um, even a year before right. for like a thousand dollars. I mean, it was that's really when I was like, oh man, like, this is going to be groundbreaking. Right, right. And also my work at Universal, so I was very familiar with their simulator rides. Yeah. And what people don't, I mean, I guess like, not the general, well, general people in general don't know is that I mean, they're Universal and Disney and and, and those kind of companies. Those are like major tech companies now. I mean, they're like they're oh, like cutting at bleeding edge of, of what what's going on because they they want they're in such a such a competitive you know space. Definitely, they're always five years ahead of the curve, right. buying all the new technology to Im implement in future attractions that take years to implement, and that was really cool. I really I learned so much there. I worked on like all of the rides mm -hmm. and got familiar with the systems. And basically, this demonstrated that we could do a universal-style attraction for smaller venues. Mm -hmm. You don't need massive domes anymore right. and huge, expensive hydraulic systems. Now you can really scale that down to something that's more right. affordable and, and offer these dark rides. I say that with quotes as well right, right. Um, because the technology is more accessible. Well, tell me, uh, last thing, you know, and then... Um Unless you get back to going to make money instead of talking to my ass, right? Uh, you know, talk. You know, as you look back at the, at the few years you've been doing this, and and you're still a young man, but but um, you know, getting to learn all these lessons and, and um, what what uh, kind of what, what one lesson would you have um, for someone who is starting up right now, who is trying to uh, maybe jump out into the into this industry, or not not necessarily this industry, but into startup world? Um, what what lesson is the one that kind of sticks out to you? I have two lessons that are almost a little contradictory. Mm -hmm. So follow your passion because you're not going to survive starting a business or in something you don't love. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing is to be flexible, mm -hmm. which has a couple a couple meanings to it because you're going to be throwing curveballs every day. And right. if you're rigid and you can't adapt to changing environment, starting a business is just, you're not going to make it. Right. Um, but then also follow the market. So that's right. that's where it kind of contradicts itself because you want to be able to follow your passion. But um, if there's some market trends that are gearing you away from that, then it, it makes it tricky. But finding that perfect alignment is is where the magic happens. But ultimately, no matter what you do, I mean, it's about you need to find people who are going to pay you <laughs> to follow that market so is your business. I mean, I've, you know, of course, there are people out there who are self-funded and, have have capital, you know, coming out of everywhere. But like, it is a matter of like, hey, you need to keep your business afloat. Basically, and to do that, you have to be able to flexible, be flexible, like you said, right? Yeah, and yeah, you need to find the customers, and we're all completely customer funded. I mean, we have the those business <coughs> competitions that help give us some startup capital as well, and we also put in some money. But yeah, if you you really got to go out and test the market too before you even develop something. Mm -hmm. So the product really shouldn't come first. You can have a proof of concept to show people, but you don't want to go and patent something and try to sell it if right. you haven't talked to people. And, right. and that really goes along with the lean startup business mm -hmm. model and everything. That That's a whole conversation in and of itself. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So if, if there's one thing to take away, it's learn the business model canvas <laughs> on lean startup because it'll save you a lot of time and money. <laughs> All right. Well, Brandon Nades, uh, uh, Talent Simulations, um, you know, Thank you for joining me, and uh, we look forward to seeing where you guys go. Uh, everyone out there starting up Florida, thanks so much for listening. Uh, tell your friends. We're having fun. Take care. Brandon, want to say goodbye? 
yeah, thanks a lot for listening, and please reach out if we can help with anything else. We definitely love sharing our story and giving back. All right, take care. Have a good day, everyone.